bros. What up, bros? <laughs> and welcome to Bro Meets World. What up, Bro Meets World? Your boy meets world, the fun boss. <laughs> I don't know why I had that Dracula voice. But anyway, this is episode 101. Ayo, ayo. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Coitus. And as you guys can see, we have a guest today. Well, hello. 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 We brought a little bit, uh, I was going to say, some non-melanin. But what's the proper word for non-melanin? Mayo? <laughs> a little bit of mayo to my guest <laughs> Can you call me anything other than mayo? I hate mayonnaise. You can call me like a, a ghost. You can be like someone left a, a plain white sheet sitting on the couch. Anything is fine. Anything but mayo, please. Okay. Oh you know, we'll, we'll have to brainstorm. If you can't come up with your own. Sour cream? How's that? What about No, me? I also hate sour cream. <laughs> How do you feel about Miracle Whip? I feel like that's a great rapper's name. You know, I'll take it. I'll, I'll fine with Miracle Whip. You yeah. know, Miracle Whip is a great rapper's name. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, we have a guest this episode, uh, our good friend, Chris Lord. Hey. Hey, you've recorded with us before, right? Uh, we did a crossover for Spider-Verse, but I've never actually there been a, like a proper guest on the show yet. So. That feels like a crime. Yeah. Um, well, whose fault is that? Well, Chris, you're also our first in-person guest post-pandemic. Very exciting to be here. It's amazing we could be in a room together and yeah. not worry about dying. Well, it's Shot Girl Summer, and we're all waxed <laughs> and waxed. So I am here for it. The the waxing uh, will probably be new to me, but you know what? I'm up to try anything now in this post pandemic world. Yeah, <laughs> is it post pandemic or just current pandemic? Yeah, we're <laughs> still very much in a pandemic. It's like phasing out. <laughs> I think it's like the phase one of Marvel. Like this is the first <laughs> of probably many. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't even know how to say that. But anyway, welcome. Thank you. Um, I guess, like, uh, how you been? How, how oh, are you? You know, I'm alive. So that I'm alone al- is a good starting point. I'm alive is a good starting point. <laughs> yes. Not everyone can say that. Mm, no. No, mm, sad yeah. bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And T, how have you been? Well, um, hmm. I'm alive. So I survived the global pandemic. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like that's enough. Like, yeah. that is enough. Yeah. That's enough. I think we should all remind ourselves, like, listeners, when you're out there, if you are listening to this, that means that you survived the global <laughs> pandemic. I feel like you should give yourself a pat on the yeah, back. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, you want to just get into this episode? Yes. Let's yes. do it. So, that would involve um, our segment, the Tell Me About It. Yeah, I was literally just writing as we speak. <clears throat> Tell us about it. Alan Sons a super pissed. Corey wants to have some fun. And Eric wants to be a good son. Love it. It's beautiful. Did that work? Did that yeah, work? That was good. That was yeah. great. On the fly? Come yeah. on, lyricist. Off the top. Of <laughs> okay. Uh, this is season five, episode 12, Raging Corey. Corey gets so upset that Alan engages only in conversation with him, but plays sports with Eric that he knocks down. Sorry, I have to read that again. Corey gets so upset that Alan engages only in conversation with him, but plays sports with Eric that he knocks Alan down. So Alan and Eric kidnap Corey and take him skydiving. Afterward, Corey feels better, but now Eric's miffed that he and his dad rarely have meaningful conversations. And that is the summary of the episode. Also, there's a B storyline with uh, Jack and Sean. It's important to mention. Yeah. 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 Because the episode really does deal with brothers in every aspect. As- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really. So um, would, do you want to start with Eric and Sean? Oh, sorry, Sean and Jack, or do you want to just get into the meat of the episode? Yeah, let's get into the meat, and then we'll throw them on the on the tail end. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we'll have a more riveting conversation about the A plot. All right, so um, I I personally remember this episode like the the storyline with the brothers Mm -hmm. stuck with me. Like I have no idea why, but like it was something that as a child embedded itself into my brain, and I remembered nothing about the Jack and Sean storyline. But (laughs) I was like, oh. There was a B plot to this episode. Like <laughs> I didn't remember at all. When you were just now saying there's a B plot, I'm like, I watched it this morning. I'm like, there's a B plot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's a B plot to this episode. But my mind just took away the the dynamic because the A storyline's so good, mm-hmm. and I feel like so almost universal, yeah, uh, and timeless, yeah. That 
Um, I was I, again. I would really love to hear as our guest. I'll let you go first. What, what, did, what did you think about it? No, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like it, it maybe because I don't watch a lot of shows aimed at this age group anymore. <laughs> I'm in my thirties, but what I appreciate about it was exactly you said how universal it is. Like, oh, this all feels very familiar. Like for me this was maybe never a, that big of a deal in my family, like the the competition, but also partly because, you know, my brother and I are very different, but we have a lot of similar interests. Like with our dad, we did all the same stuff together because it was, you know, like cars and nerdy shit and stuff like that. So it wasn't like one of us was the sports person and one of us was the thinker. Like neither of us are sports people. <laughs> so that was never like a worry. Like there was never anything like, oh, who's going to go play basketball? Dad, we're like, what's basketball? I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. I just don't have that. <laughs> so like, that competition maybe wasn't always necessarily there. But in a weird way, I think I connected more with Alan's side of it a little bit. Like the idea of like, oh, how do you find – a balance and I don't have kids, but it kind of reminded me of how do you find that balance just with anyone in your life who is really important. And I really liked that idea. And I liked him being challenged. He just assumes, Oh, I'm a great dad. Like, and in a, he is in, for the most part in this show from what I recall. Right. Yeah. Well, so I thought what's really funny is people keep saying, Carter, you have such a great relationship with your dad. And I was like, no, you you see it as a great relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you have, like Alan has what you would feel is a good relationship with his sons, but his sons are telling him you don't. Well, I also (laughs) think it's important to remember like for Alan, like, I don't know if you could pick, if you looking at, if you're looking at Chet, Alan's doing everything right. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But, but that, we're like, I think the thing that's really great about this is that it's kind of challenging Alan to do more. Like, just providing, even having like this one relationship with one kid and this different relationship with other. I know it seems like you're kind of like balancing it out, but the thing that I think this episode teaches us is that for a good relationship to really thrive, it takes both recreation and depth. Mm -hmm. And the problem with Alan was just that he was giving all of his recreation to Eric and all of his depth to Corey. And I love that the episode didn't just focus on Corey, but also like Eric being like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. You don't talk to me. Like that's actually a pretty, that actually does bother me. Like I want to, I want to bring that up too. Like, I just love that. Like, and that the boys didn't compete with each other. They Mm -hmm. kept it about Alan. Well, that's what I was going to say. I love the, the symbol at the end with the statue, which, which like that, that scene also stuck with me, but it has great layered, but like the idea that the, the story of the monkey was, one coconut and two mm-hmm. sons. Yeah. I was like, that is an amazing metaphor. And to just be like, no, it's not that the, the father only has one coconut. This is all he has. So he figures by splitting it up, I, I, I'm going to satisfy, like I'll be able to make everyone happy. And you can't because no one wants half of something. Yeah. They want it all. And your job is to then tell them, I'm giving you everything that I have. I need you both to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, but But also like, explaining that and be like hey you know as a father um i i'm going to give you a little bit more time and i'm going to share this with you as well um and maybe not make it so one-sided you know your only recreation your only challenging thought but also i'm one person i'm a human being i have a job i have three kids you know it's like like really i i also need to be considered a, a human being um i think is a really interesting thing to bring up it's like no one's wrong everyone's trying their hardest but everyone could be trying a little bit better. One of my favorite things about the episode is that uh, sweeping in like a superhero, Amy coming in with... Always. Yes. Always. I love that. I I was like, my dog was here and my dog could tell you. I was like, yes, Amy! (laughs) (laughs) Always coming in smooth. She was like, oh, we have two sons? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you forget? (laughs) Amy makes a great point, um, you know, because Alan's like, oh, I'm a good father. And, you know, she kind of brings to light that, like, hey, your kids need more. Um, But I just love that she is just kind of like that consistent wisdom. Like, we always kind of talk about how she kind of brings this very... um, I, I don't know. It's motherly, but it's like something else. It's just like very wise, uh, like mm-hmm. and wise in a way that Feeny isn't. It's just like a female intuition. I don't know what it is. It's just a I don't think it's female. I think that, in all honesty, I feel that if we were to re- like, we never really get Amy's past 
But if we were to uh, get yeah. Amy's past, we would learn that she herself has gone through life kind of rough. She has had some disappointments. And I mean, to be fair, she is a woman. She's had to deal with disappointment and had to kind of live up to expectations that she wasn't ready for. And like, there's just a lot going on with Amy as a person. You can tell. And you can tell by the way that she is someone who Alan pretty much either lets life happen to him or he's like, I'm the guy. I have to I have to play this role. And Amy's always like, why? Like, why do you have to play this yeah. role? What like why what are you not like you're so busy playing this role, you're not looking at how it affects, like like the purpose of the role. Yeah. Go back to that. And, and and to Chris's point, like you were saying earlier, like, you know, Alan is a good dad. Um, you know, Amy says a really interesting thing when she's having this conversation, which is, you know, feel proud that your boys feel yeah. as though they can <clears throat> approach you and ask for more. I really, really like that. And I, I think that's something that I, I don't remember if I saw this as a kid or not, but I don't think I would have really appreciated the meaning of that sentence until now as an adult. Like, oh yeah, like you doing the stop sometimes to just appreciate. Like, look, we did do a great job. Like the fact that they are open and willing to come and talk to you is a huge triumph in of itself. It doesn't end there. There's still more that needs to be done, but like you can take the victory in this one way while acknowledging there's still more to go. Absolutely. Like that was one of the things like, like earlier when I was like, we all have to do more. What I thought was interesting is like Alan doesn't just pick up on the fact that, Oh, you know, I'm not giving Corey everything that he needs, but I should probably give some more to Eric as well. No, it was like they they each had to come up and say, hey, I'm dissatisfied with the way that things are. Yeah. And like they had to speak up because it wasn't working. It was a dynamic that wasn't working for anyone uh, nope. but Alan. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, but it's not working for us. And so it had to change. And I like that everyone had to do their part in order for it to grow. Um, can I ask you guys, do your parents have different relationships with your siblings than they do with you? Absolutely. Yes. I was like, yours does. Yes. I know it does. No, it does. <laughs> like, it's, I guess it's weird for me because I'm the only one that's left, right? It's like my, my brother and his wife live still fairly close to my parents. So there was a different dynamic when we were growing up. The dynamic now is like they have like the, the proximity and the consistency and I'm not there a lot of the time. And like, and sometimes it's challenging, you know, like I know they're doing stuff together that I miss being a part of. But what I now have to do is like, I think I now have a relationship with my parents is very similar to what Corey has with his dad. Like th there are no, like I can tell them anything and we can have any sort of conversation. I mean, like coming out was a huge part of why now we can have those kind of conversations. But that's our dynamic now where it's like, and there are things that I think my brother would be, like resistant to talk with them. And I'm just like, no, we're just going to get straight to it. Like, you know, whenever they're like, they're talking grandkids, like I've had to tell them before, like, you got to stop putting pressure on us to have grandkids. And my brother wouldn't tell them that, but I can. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm closer now with my parents than I was when I was younger, which is cool. And I think it's maybe part of the reason I like this episode so much too. It's like, I kind of saw the parents perspective and the kids perspective simultaneously. I'm like, okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, as someone who has, two younger siblings um I, I agree with you where it's like m both of my siblings live closer to my parents yeah. and so it's easier for them to have like they'll go on like family trips and all this other stuff and and sometimes you do feel left out you're like I, like no one invited me but right. you're like you know what and also they're there and they have a completely different dynamic but i i don't have the weight of that proximity i don't have like if my mom like my mom's presence may be imposing on my sister like influencing her and making her want to do things. I'm like, I've lived this long without you. Yeah, right. Right. You know, like you have an opinion just like anyone else. And I value that opinion, but I'm going to do what I want to do at the end of the day. And I think that that's kind of like another thing with Eric. What, what I really loved with Eric was Eric was like, I always tried to be who you wanted me to be. Yeah. Yes. I wrote that line down too. And I was yeah. like, that's very interesting because what it said was, Eric was like, yeah, I had interest in stuff of my own, but you didn't seem to respond to it. So I changed a little bit to be a little bit more of the son that you wanted. But Corey was like, you already have the son that you want. So I guess I'm going to do my own thing. And there is like, like the thing about having siblings is one gets it right usually yeah. and one is like the the rebel. And it's not necessarily that you've gotten it right, i.e. for society. It's just that one of them is like, I want to do what my parents one of me and the other one's like well if you have someone who's doing that then i don't need to yeah 
there's, you know, you, you bring up a great point about how, like, we kind of adapt to the people we're around. Like, we we unite in shared interests. And it, it happens, you know, to Corey and Eric to the detriment of their relationship with their dad because they're both kind of fulfilling these expectations that are placed upon them. Um, and what I love is that Amy, when they're to- when he, she's talking to Alan, she says, you know what, you're the parent. Mm-hmm. You're the one who defines what the expectations are. And so if you've set up the expectation that Eric is for recreation and Corey is for, um, you know, depth and intelligent conversation, then that's something that you need to correct, which to Alan's credit, he does. Yeah, no, he does. And that's, I mean, the, the thing about, uh, being a good parent, at least like, again, I'm not, (laughs) I'm a dog dog dad. dad. You're a dog dad. A dog dad. But I mean, that's a really good point. It's like, as a dog dad, this is a great example to kind of do You're like, oh, I'm doing everything right. And then a trainer will tell you, there's no such thing as a bad dog. It's a untrained dog, mm-hmm. like a, a, a parent who hasn't followed through. And you're like, oh, I'm doing everything right. It's like, but are you? Yeah. Or are you taking shortcuts? And if you're taking shortcuts, then your dog will take shortcuts. So who's really to blame? And it's like, oh, damn, you're right. You know, it's like that, that yeah. moment where you have to think, well, well, no, I mean, like, eh, like it's a really good point. No, but it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, that is me. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. There, uh, what I was going to say is there are moments where you have to be like, okay, how important to me is this thing? Like, yeah. Is it important to me that they follow through on all of the rules or is mm-hmm. it important to me that they generally are well behaved or happy like i'll say also there are plenty of times with uh me and my partner where he wants the dog to be happy i want the dog to be trained right well that's why one of us can get the dog to behave in a certain way and the other one has like a more fun loving relationship yeah and and that's what it is it's like as you were saying earlier just being a parent is hard because you have to find the right balance to be both someone that to be a good person that mm-hmm. your kids want to be around, but also be that authority figure to where they want to come to and they feel free to come to yeah. if ever they feel in danger and are in trouble. You, you know, um, like both of you, I don't have kids. And as a 33-year-old kidless person, I was trying to find what I can take applicable from this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris was talking earlier about, you know, finding and nourishing relationships, like like how, how, finding that balance even with the relationships right. that you have in, in your life. Yeah, it doesn't have to be with kids or your parents. It's just like, that's the case with everyone. Like, I think yeah. we all have, like, certain friends we go to for certain things. Like, oh, these are my nerdy friends. Like, you know, these are, like, the go out drinking sort of friends. And you sort of compartmentalize and, like, TC, to your point, you become more of those things around those people totally. to kind of acclimate to like, Oh, this is the pattern we have here. So you just make this it is work. Our vibe. This is our vibe. Yeah. And it, I think especially when, you know, you're the age that Corey and Eric are in this, you don't necessarily have your own really concrete identity yet. So that sort of chameleon element comes through really strongly. And especially with a parent who you've spent so much time with and do have a close connection with, it's going to be really strong. And like this episode, it's about them recognizing like, Oh, I have my own distinct personality. Whether you're seeing it or not, I need to stand up for myself and go, oh, I am more than just the thing that we do together. Yeah. Like, there is a lot more to me than that. And I feel like that's a lot of what happens, at least for me, and I think maybe for you guys too in your 30s, you're like, oh, I can still be the person I am all the time in all circumstances, even if it's not what people are used to. Absolutely. Like, I um, I have two responses to that. One is I had to learn that with my own friends. Like, there mm-hmm. were plenty of times where uh, I went to therapy for years, and I was like, no one really knows me. No one, no one like, gets the full me, or, like, yeah. I would have people who consider themselves close to me, and I'm like, they don't understand. My therapist was like, how often are you sharing with them? Like how often are, like, are you only allowing them to see one side of you? And I was like, Oh, that's a really good point. If the only thing that I talk about with you is television and that's what we bond over and all this other stuff. And you ask me how I'm doing and I don't share, that's not your fault. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is a great point about communication. It's, it's like people don't know what you don't tell them. And, And I mean, that's not to say that, what's happening with Corey and Eric is their fault for not communicating to their father. Cause like we said, the dad's the one who sets the boundary, but this is them communicating. Yeah, this yeah. is them saying like, Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about this for a while and this isn't right. So, you know, it, it really does come down to communication. communication. Without that, Alan would have had no idea. Absolutely. And things would have just continued. Yeah. And I think that like, that's, 
like from the very beginning, we see Corey constantly like that. What really got me is the opening scene. You see Corey being like, "Hey, let like I want to be a part of this," and Alan's like, "Oh, I'm I'm tired." It's like, no, you literally just said, "Let's go again." Yeah, with yeah. Eric. So like, what is the difference? I need like, but. I'll, we have our own blind spots. There are plenty of times where I, I've also learned there are plenty of times where you think you're pulling it off better than you are, and you're like, oh, no one knows. <laughs> they don't know I have a favorite. No, everyone knows. Yeah, everyone really knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very I think, I think uh, also with uh, T, you're clearly not in this, but you, it's like, no one knows I'm gay. And like, no, 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 no. People know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they know. Yeah. Like, stop, pulling, stop kidding yourself. Yeah. Like, I'm pulling this off amazingly. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, you're not. But, so mask. <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, so the second thing that I wanted to say is you were talking about being yourself mm-hmm. um, constantly. I've had to learn to do that even at work because I think mm-hmm. very often, like, uh, you can relate to this, as a black man in a, in a work environment, you try to be who they think you should be. Or you're like, there's this, like, this version of you that you're like, okay, this is like why you got me here. And so I'm going to do everything I can. And it took me a while to be like, no, actually what makes me successful is when I'm just myself. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, honestly, I can't, I don't have time to do the pretense and the work I need. If you want me to do the work, then I'm going to do the work. And you just get me doing the work. Yeah. You don't get this character and <laughs> doing the work. You pick one. And, um, and then I think that that's pretty much just what related closely to everything we're seeing about Eric in this moment where it's like, no, Eric was like, I'm more than just the your your recreational buddy. I have thoughts. I actually I've learned a lot about other things. You just never come to me with them, and I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you see the side of me, and then you can decide what you want to do. Yeah, I really love yeah. that they threw in the line. I, I don't know if it was passive or whatever. Where Alan's like, "How do you know all about this?" When yeah. at the museum, and Eric's like, "Well, I learned about it at school." And I just love that there's like. Like, I think for all of us, like, the first time we're introduced to poetry, the first time we're introduced to art, the first time we're introduced to a lot of these, like, you know, classical things that are ingrained in our culture are at school. And if your only conversation with your kid at the end of the school day was, how was school? Oh, it was fine. Oh, okay. You're not actually talking to them about the things that they may find interesting so you can nourish it. Who knows what Eric could have been if he felt as though he was allowed to be it. Right, yeah. And, it, like, even even Alan... He never says it, but he just kind of assumes Eric's stupid. Like, they went to the museum because something Corey likes to do. It's like, oh, you know, we, okay, we brought Corey to go jump out of a plane. <laughs> We're going to bring you now to do what Corey likes to do. And neither of them realize that, if anything, Eric probably likes being there the most. He has a passion for these sort of things. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit ambiguous as whether he already knew the name of the statue or not beforehand. Well, I don't like, I think, yeah. I think the purpose of I think the purpose of that moment of the statue is that he didn't. Yeah. But I think it's supposed to be like Eric's actually extremely insightful. Yeah. Even like like what what Eric can uh, understand the absurd mm-hmm. and what you've written off as stupidity because he's absurd is yeah. actually a different form of intelligence. And oh, that's yeah. what I really got from it. And specifically because like I've been learning about these different forms of intelligence and how like, you know, school in itself and the system that it is, is made to reward one type of intelligence. Right. But if you have emotional intelligence or if you have creative intelligence, it's not necessarily rewarded or, realize the same way like you and i were even talking earlier about um the dcau oh yeah and one of the reasons why it was disregarded is they were like oh well cartoons are for kids yeah we, we you clearly have no talent if you're writing cartoons so we're not going to take this seriously and it's like no that's an art form of itself yeah. and it's about learning to appreciate an art form for where it is and, and for people for who they are and i think that eric and that statue, like they look at him immediately. He's like monkeys, and they're like, "Oh my god, this guy!" Yeah, right. So like, oh. maybe this was a mistake. Yeah, you hear. But like when they actually listen to him, they're like, "Oh, actually, that's very insightful." And then by Corey seeing the name, it's just it's our the as the audience being like, "Yeah, actually, what you wrote off as Eric being crazy was." It was like yeah. on point. It was exactly yeah. what the artist was going for. And and like you you guys know that like you have to be smart to be funny. You have yeah, to no, have you do. Yeah. an insight to the human experience to be able to make a joke. Yeah. Like, it, you have to be able to read the room. You have to be able to, like, you. Re- it's like a different kind of smart. And, like, I don't think there are any dumb comedians out there. And no. so, when, even when Eric is making jokes about, oh, I, 
enrolled in the witness protection for hitting my father. Like that's hilarious. Like there's so much about him that's so creative and innovative and that innovation is being dismissed as being a dunce. Yes. So it's actually really funny to me because uh, just that scene where he's in the witness protection, (laughs) it's not just that he like has this story. It's how great Eric commits. Yeah. Like, he's like, I need people to see the real me. And Andrew's about, <laughs> hello, Dr. Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, the idea that he would just commit to the character because that's yeah. what he's, like, it's, yeah. it's so beautiful. And that's what I love about Eric. It's that whole, um, I think in, in storytelling, it's like the idiot savant. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like this idea of, there is, again, I think what's really important is there's intelligence and in not getting caught up in the pretense or like in, in um, what people expect of you. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Like he actually gets a chance to be like, Oh no, I am smart. I'm capable. And like, even in that moment, when he's looking at the statue. I like that there's a payoff of, he actually got like the, the literal meaning of it. But even if that weren't the case, he found in that moment, a perfect allegory for what he and Corey and Alan were going through. And so even if that was purely his intent of like, this is just an excuse to come up with this, allegory for what's happening here that shows a huge range in of itself that no one ever give him credit for i mean i when i watched this episode both during its original air and even now i i always assumed that eric was familiar with the sculpture yeah he was so familiar with other art pieces around he was like kind of like telling alan that he has an interest in this so it wouldn't surprise me at all for this to be i i also if anyone knows this who's listening is this a real art sculpture or did they make this for the show i actually was thinking the same yeah i don't know either i I wondered if this was made for that uh because that would be amazing if it if it was it's still really good when they showed the title of the art piece as a monkey with coconut like like i remember watching that and getting like chills when i first saw i was just like wow like it it was just a i call that the michael jacobs moment michael jacobs Mm -hmm. was the creator of the show and every now and then there's like a little magical boy meets world thing that happens where you're just like oh and like that to me was that moment where it's like wow this dude is like far more capable than people give him credit for. Yeah. Well, again, so uh, what's funny is for me, I love, Ansel Adams is actually one of my favorite photographers. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, again, like, just the idea that Eric would be like, what do you want to talk about? Neoliberals? Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I totally forgot that immediately. But, like, he just starts listing all things. Yeah, like, he knows his art history. Like, like, yeah. yeah, he's just like, what? He's like, there. And you're, they're all like, oh, shit. Like, Eric has like intelligence and yeah like, yeah he's like i'm i'm funny <laughs> and i and i'm a goofball but very much i think um as he said to his father i'm also just trying to be who people want me to be yeah so you yeah. know there, there's some part to that and i think that what we've seen throughout the series is eric appreciating Corey for honestly being willing to divert from that you know yeah, totally. like i think that that's another thing that just as siblings you learn to respect your sibling for who they are. You're like, you know, honestly, you do things that I could never do. Like, yeah. for me, I personally, I've always lived my life to be defiant and to, like, I realized early on that what worked for everyone else didn't work for me. So yeah. I was going to have to just, like, go on my own and be out. But, like, my sister she has a better relationship with my parents because she actually has like a lot of the same beliefs. She actually enjoys a lot of the same things. And you're like, actually I I value that in you because it's something that I couldn't do. Like if I'm doing it, I'm doing it for them. I don't share the same passion. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that is something that that's actually a really great point about like something I've kind of experienced becoming an adult is like, you really have to redefine your relationship with your parents because after you're no longer responsible and keeping me alive, essentially, it's like the only relationship that's left is the, 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 like the plants of the seeds that were planted in childhood. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't like start a brand new relationship. I mean, I guess I can try and we can try to build a new relationship, but it's all going to be building off of what was already there. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I just have found it very awkward in some circumstances to try to like hang out with my parents and like yeah. find things I have interest in with them occasionally um, just because they don't want to do the shit that I want to do. I'm 30 years old. Like, what do they want to do? <laughs> right. like, like, it's just, it, it's just a different thing that you have to like really take time to nourish those relationships to keep them growing. And I think that's what Alan does really well. Yeah. And I, I like it in this moment, in this episode, that it's like we talked about this a little bit, but like 
the kids go to the parents and be like, you don't see me, you have to see me. And, you know, I can now recognize that that was me with my parents when I came out. It's like, you don't see me, here's who I actually am, you're having to reconcile this, but like, this is the reality now. And through that challenge and that breakage, eventually like the relationship got a lot stronger. So now they know exactly who I am, they see me for who I am. And it's made me realize that that wouldn't have happened if I didn't push it. And maybe it never would have happened if I weren't gay and I was like, no, you, you're really missing something really, really important here. Yeah. And so it makes me sometimes think like, oh, like maybe my brother never had that exact same kind of moment with my parents. Um, and so there are times when I'm just like, I kind of remind them like, hey, like we went through a reconciliation and like TC to your point, now we have a new relationship because of it. But maybe you didn't have that with my brother. So maybe you need to be a little more open-minded about these sort of things or maybe you need to try a slightly different angle here to try and make this work. And it's, yeah, it's like, I'm, I love that. Like you said, it's yeah. like, like I've had to, like you and I had to build yeah. our adult version of the relationship. Yeah. So because we had to make that adult version happen, you and I have a adult relationship, yep. but you can't penalize my sibling for not having the same thing because they've never had to confront you in a way that I had to. You exactly. Know, like, yeah. Or, or maybe they've never had to go through like the massive self-realization exactly. as well. So like you got to approach it as a slightly different angle here. It can't Absolutely. be the same. Absolutely. Yeah. I also wonder, I mean, Eric lived at the house only a year shorter than Corey. I was trying to think if there was any merit to Corey having more time with Alan, like Eric having moved out and like maybe just going on dates or being out and about, but he was, he was living at home for the longest time. Right. Yeah. Well, so actually something that, um, I wanted to say early, um, on when I, I think I've spoken about this before, but my very first college paper was on birth order, and I was like, "Why are me and my sister so different? Like, yeah. we, we grew up in the same household with the same parents. Why do we have such such different personalities?" And the research was like, "No, you didn't grow up in the same household. I grew up with two parents, so I grew up with two authority figures. She grew up with two parents and an older brother, so with three authority figures she entered the world in a completely different dynamic than i did like i had child parents who had to learn how to do everything and this was completely brand new to them and she got experienced parents and an older brother who also knew things so we we didn't have the same childhood we didn't have the same family relationship we don't have the same dynamic because i as the firstborn had to deal with them in their learning and I, like, I had to be there as they fell. And like the three of us worked together to make yeah. these this work. Whereas she's only had three individuals as the support system. How do you feel that's affected your relationship with your parents? Oh, well, it's, well, it's it affected it in a myriad of ways. As I said earlier, I'm someone who's like, because I had to do all of that, I'm clearly defiant. Because we've been in this together from day one. You yeah. know, like, it's yeah. like, for me, when my parents are like, you can't do that. I'm like, are we, who is to say? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 we, we each... Like, uh, we each got a vote at a certain point in time. And so as someone who has been voting since he was like five years old on the issue, I'm older now and I feel very clear in my opinion. And you, it's your responsibility to change my mind. Whereas my sister is someone who's like, again, it was never this whole at all, all in. It was always authority figures and me, you know? So. Well, and, you know, I'm the younger sibling. So I also look at it as I got the benefit of seeing what came before me. And so I, I think... I developed a more observational personality in some ways because I could just watch other things unfold and learn, not from necessarily other mistakes, but from someone else's experience without actually having to go through it myself. Like, my brother would always give me shit, like, oh, like, yeah, you got a cell phone before I did. Like, you were able to watch South Park before I was exactly. able to. Like, you know, you, the, the younger sibling does have it better because, like, you know, parents first time around are, like, very strict. Like, no, no, here's how we're going to do it. Second time around, third time around, like, I don't give a fuck. Just whatever. Like, we, we're past this. Yeah, we've exactly. Already, we've already gone yeah. through this. You can have, you know... So, like, in some sense, I suppose I was maybe, like, more spoiled or I had to go through less – I had to fight for things less as a kid because it was more just like, well, we've done this. You can get it. And then the fight had to happen, you know, as an adolescent and as an adult. But it's true. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's like I always had a very different world than my brother did because he had to do everything first. He was the learning curve and I got to, you know, just kind of exactly. ride the wake. You know, like, this is great back here, yeah. guys. 
what's easier to do? Uh, create a new path or just go on the page path? And it's yeah. like the, the page path is a lot smoother. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its own issues. Like there, there are lots of things that come with a page through yeah. that yeah. you have to deal with. But when you are building it, like there are, that's just a different road in a different world. Now, you know, we've kind of explored these dynamics between brothers who grew up together. Should we segue to brothers who didn't grow up together? Oh, man, that talk about that segue. Chef's kiss on that segue Come right on, there. That was segue. beautiful. Mm. You know, I've been saving it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have, you know, the B storyline is Sean and Jack. Jack had a flood in his room in the apartment, so he's been mo- he moved in with. Sean. Um, and the whole episode, their storyline is them kind of beefing about Sh- Sean being sloppy and Eric, I mean, I'm sorry, Jack, um, not being sloppy and them needing to share a room together. Uh, any thoughts about this B storyline? Uh, I have a lot, but I'll let our guess. I mean, is where my first thought was, man, I forgot how pretty Matthew Lawrence was. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. Can I ask you this? Yes. Eric, Sean, Jack, who would you rather? Jack. Fuck, Mary kill. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Um, fuck Jack. Mary Eric kill Corey? Sean. Show, show. Oh, God damn it. This is much harder now. <laughs> um, uh, I guess kill Sean. I hate saying wow, that. I really, wow. I really do. But like, wow. I, I, it, and then there was Sean. I mean, but it would be fun to be like, I mean, it would probably be a nightmare to be married to Eric, but it would also be very fun in a lot of ways. <laughs> Too? So, so I, I just want to say, uh, I would do you fuck Sean. That's some um, trauma that needs to come out, but that comes out in the best way in the bedroom. So this is, this is a very good point, um, actually. Yeah. Marry Jack because he has the money and he has the looks. So sure, you get sure. One and you kill Eric not because you hate Eric, but because he would make it worth doing. Like it would be such a fun experience <laughs> to murder him. Oh, absolutely. Eric's, oh, not, wow. going to, Eric's not going down. Like, He'd be on board with it, actually. <laughs> Eric will make you like um, I can't think of like the the proper name of it, but like you're going on a manhunt for Eric. Yeah. Wow, like, I'm, I'm changing my answer, <laughs> I'm, uh, guys. It's to me, it's very clear that you kill Jack, you fuck Sean, and you marry Eric. I mean, that's the recipe to me. Eric seems like he would be a fun husband. Sean seems like, like you said, he has a lot of curious bedroom stuff and. Jack seems like someone who needs to get punched in the face sometimes. <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't think there's a wrong answer here, but I, yeah. I like yours too. Because <laughs> it, to me, Jack was classes as shit this entire oh, time. He oh, was. he yes, was. He I yeah. grew up in the actual house trailer, boy. Oh. What? Honestly, like when he said that, it, it to me, it felt like it was a written moment. It, it just, it did, I, I, maybe I just forgot what it's like to be that age and to be that petty. But I was like... I didn't believe that someone would actually say that, but maybe I just see the good in people so, too much. And, and, so. and I was going to say, you also haven't been watching the show. I totally believe that's something that Jack would say. Okay, yeah. yeah. But also, when he does say it, you're like, you are an asshole. Do you? Like, Fuck who off. says that to someone? Like, I think that's another thing. Like, we were talking about siblings and just who was raised in a world. Like, what kind of world did you enter into? And yeah. Jack, like, for him to even, I think, honestly, what hurt more was when he was like like a normal person. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, all right, Sean was homeless for yeah. years. His parents constantly have passed him off for individual to individual. He has his own space. Um again, that is his and it's unique and yes, it's different from what you would like and but you're a guest, and he's right in the yeah. sense of being like, no, I don't know much about home ownership, but I do know that when you're a guest in someone's space, you treat it with respect. Yeah. And you put all of your – like, as someone who has been a guest in other people's houses, yeah. Sean knows etiquette. He's like, I don't know much, but I know what yeah. like, a guest etiquette is. And the idea that Jack would just come in and then critique everything and then be like, you're the weird one. Um, yeah, you could be sleeping on the street. Like, how about that? How about you try that yeah. one for size? Um, yeah. what, what really rubbed me the wrong way was just that, like, Sean was, I, to me, it felt like the episode was saying that, like, this is lower versus middle class. Mm-hmm. And I did not like the portrayal of lower class. I did not like that it meant I have a full grown pig in my closet. Yeah. My shit is everywhere. I fall asleep to gunshots. It just really felt like a Clinton era. Like, this is what yeah. low income is like. And I just, it rubbed me the wrong way, honestly. As someone who used to run a um, 
apartment complex for college students, I can tell you that the middle class <laughs> students are the ones who live like Sean. Yeah. Like the, those are the ones who've yeah. always had mom pick up after them. They're the ones whose room looked that way. Yeah. Um, so the idea that you would judge Sean for it, like Sean's living comfortably. And if anyone should know uh, or if anyone should prize comfort overall, it's white teenage boy. <laughs> well, and also Sean has mm-hmm. never had the need to nest. He's never had the need to build a room. He's never had a room. Yeah, like exactly. he's never had it. Like it's he's been like sleeping with people to people on couches. Like he his his parents are coming and going. It's like I don't know if he's ever had a space of his own to call home until now. So to judge him for not knowing what to do with it feels really petty. And it also I think it speaks a lot to his character that he immediately said you can just come stay with me. Yeah. And yeah. like and and Again, I haven't been watching the season. Like, I just kind of reread some of the episode descriptions before watching this. And, like, I saw that, like, a big part of the season, I think, is the dynamic between Sean and Jack, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is the first season yeah. with Jack in yeah. it. Yes, correct. Yeah. And so, like, they have all this this conflict between the two of them. And even in the very beginning, when Sean's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, they said, don't pop that bubble in your ceiling or else a tub will fall through. Like, you could tell right there there was friction almost like he probably should have something earlier, but he didn't because he was yeah. just kind of being a dick. But even then, when. Jack needed something. He's like, yeah, I got you. Well, like, not just Jack. Remember, the reason why they're sharing the room in the first place is because Corey also needed a place. Corey's sleeping on the couch of it. Oh, and yeah, so Sean's true. being like, hey, you know, I'm, I, I'm housing my friend who needs room. Um, I'm here for... <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered the conversation that Sean had with... Uh, Corey about pushing his dad. He's like, yeah, well, yeah, your dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's memorable. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, no, that's, that's great. Because he goes, uh, I need a place to stay because I, I fought with my dad. And Jack's like, everyone fights with their dad. Corey's like, I knocked him down. Jack, that's not really as common. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. That was just like a fun, like that whole scene of like uh, Sean being like, uh, we have nothing that we talk about. Hit him, I'm sure. Yeah, that's yeah, going to come up. Do you guys think Jack and Eric share a room? Why did but no. they, he yeah. didn't think no. to room with Eric? Um, I think Eric's still using that room. I just would say that if there is a live pig in Sean's room, why not all <laughs> just go, like, go just, stay in the other room? Go stay in the other room. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Also, you know, like I think it's interesting that scene had all right. So uh, I just want to call out. This is my bra moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. They are in like we get a shot of. Jack and Sean in bed together, and the crowd goes woo, and I was like, "They're brothers." Like, I had that note. I had that note too. I'm like, why are we getting teenage girl woos with their two, in two bed brothers together. in yeah. bed together? Like, what, what what are we wooing? I need yeah. something to explain to me. Like, like, me as a gay man, I'm not wooing. Yeah, so, yeah. what are you wooing? I just legit was confused because I was like, it's not like anyone's shirtless. It's like, like there's yeah. nothing in this guy's two step brothers <laughs> sharing a bed. <laughs> to be it fair, writes itself. <laughs> it's all it's a whole category. So, it, it sadly is. Yeah. So, uh, maybe they were ahead of their time. I just thought the woo was so weird. Yeah, yeah, I was was troubled by that as well. But also, like the idea of like, I think as we were saying earlier, just this idea of like, this is what Sean needs to go to sleep. Like, Sean needs the light on. He Sean explains. We were talking about communication. Sean explains why he needs the light on. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. someone needs a light to like fall asleep. In a lot of ways, that could probably be connected to trauma. So, like you just forcibly turning the light off feels like it could. Well, so much so that literally, like the noises don't like you're upset and all this other stuff. He's fine. You turn the light off. He makes he wakes up immediately. And I was like, okay, yeah, some trauma is here. Like again, maybe maybe you sleep in the corner if that's how you really feel. Also, I feel like the pig, while it is absolutely a, a comment on class, of course, which. Like I have our, my problems with the pig also is from an earlier episode. Oh, is it? I was. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's the one it's time that they oh, okay. actually circle back to a joke that they like. They, they're terrible with inconsistencies. Yeah, but this is the one time they do it uh, consistently. What was the previous context for the? Well, pig? no, on, like he adopted a pig and called oh. it little Cory. Like, like, oh, okay. Oh, so but it was a, it was a little pink piglet. This is a very large black pig. It's a different pig. I right. don't know why, but, but the reason why I mean clearly, but. One of the things I was like, that's also supposed to show loyalty. Like, yeah. it's this idea of like, no, yeah. Sean doesn't just drop things. He doesn't just drop people. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least as long as he's not dating them. But yeah. like, like this idea of like to to Sean, once he's makes a connection, he likes to invest in it. And this idea of this sweet, inviting person who takes care of animals and like, you know, like. He lives in a way that you don't like, but like the core of his being is 
someone who needs and desires love and gives love. And so for you to just be judgmental of that because he doesn't live in the way that you you're accustomed to as the beggar, then like it's like then maybe you should change yourself. But what I feel is missing is at the end of the episode or the scene, it's all about like, oh, this was really just about us not being able to grow up together. And it's like, no, I think this was about what it was about earlier, yeah. which was this classified where you were being a dick, yeah. but you made it we're, into this. We're just gonna skip past that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> guys. All right. Um, really quickly, we are late for our next meeting, so we should. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we can. Yeah, it's all good. Um. All right. So, should we go into the Feeny lesson? Yeah, absolutely. Um. Do you guys have like a a, a lesson that you got from this from this episode? I mean, I, I guess it's maybe people can surprise you, and you need to give them a chance to Ooh, do I so. Like that. Oh, yeah. no, keep going. Keep talking. Um, okay. I uh, think the lesson of this episode is that men need to communicate more. Uh, um, I also agree with this. <laughs> um, men seem to have uh, trouble just communication, ba- communicating basic emotions in this episode. And so I just think, you know, men talking about things that aren't the easiest things to talk about um, is something that they need to practice more. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good lesson. Um um, communication. I can't really think of anything other than that because I feel like it does it it ties on both the A and B storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Also, uh, the idea that <laughs> we're talking about communicating more. The idea that Feeny would go up. I love oh, Feeny's. Was... Feeny comes over. He's like, bro, what's the tea? <laughs> yeah. You got hit today. No one's telling me anything. He's like, y'all come over to me for every other little thing. Yeah. Right. Not so this. Actual drama happens. You get y'all... knocked on your ass, and I don't. I have to come over yeah. here. <laughs> come on. Like, what I love about that is, to me, I also read that as like that's what you can do in a season five of a show. Like you can take this dynamic and do a totally new twist on yeah. it, and it's super super funny. And, and it was you're right. Like yeah. like we couldn't have done this earlier on in the seasons but like we're at the place now where it's like no you go by that wait you guys aren't even gonna come over yeah. <laughs> i'm outside i'm out of bed everything's set up yeah no i i really did enjoy that yeah um okay uh does anyone else have a bra moment um i i don't think so i think uh jack mocking sean for growing up in the trailer i thought was my yeah bra yeah i'd agree or, with that yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm going again with the misplaced woo. Yeah, that that really bothered me. It makes sense. Okay, uh, homework. Mm-hmm. Oh, grades, grades. Oh, yeah, grades. What grade do you got? Ooh, uh, I, mean, I would give this like a B plus. Yeah, I'm giving this episode an A plus. I love this episode. I think it's. I, I think even though the B storyline is kind of weak, like I love the A storyline so much. It's one of the strongest A storylines we've had. I love that we're getting a story that involves the family instead of like outside characters mm-hmm. or like college or just whatever school. Like we, we don't really get a lot of family episodes, and so like I just really love what they did with um, Sean. I mean, um, Corey, Allen, and Eric. I'm going to give this episode a B plus as well. Mostly, I agree with everything you said. I love the A storyline so much, and I think they do it really, really well. I love that they have Amy coming in. Actually, we use our entire cast, yeah, yeah. With, with the exception of Topanga and, and Morgan. Angela. No, Morgan's there, even. At the oh, very end, yeah. yeah. But, like, um, I think that the B storyline just takes away. And then, again, it's like, we don't acknowledge the real issue. So, like, the idea that you would go from, in the B storyline, you would go from hey, we're going to just rag on this dude for being poor. <laughs> and then also be like, no, we were only making fun of him because we never really grew up together and we didn't get that chance to bond as siblings. It's like, no, I think I think the assholeness <laughs> yeah. would have been there without, uh, like, even if you guys had grown up together. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now homework. Yeah. Uh, so my homework, just started listening to it, is uh, a friend of ours, Jonathan James, just started a new narrative podcast called Space Ranger 421, and it's excellent. It's like a kind of like a sci-fi, um, kind of get like a like an Aliens vibe a little bit going on. Ooh. Yeah. No, it's it's really, really good. It just started up, and I uh, highly, highly recommend it. So. Sure. Got, it, got a shout out. Love yeah. it. Friends helping friends. Yeah. Uh, T, what is your homework? Uh, well, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, I just went to the movies for the first time in like a year, which yes. was like such like a cool experience. Um, I saw Raya and the Last Dragon, which is the new Disney movie. It is available for streaming on Disney+. Plus. Um, and I just highly recommend it. I just think Disney, like they're going through a phase where they're just tackling some like 
really Yo. interesting issues. <laughs> oh, like yeah. if you just watch like Zootopia or even like Moana, like just the things that they're changing about what a Disney princess is, like they're just really interesting stuff. So uh, the fact that they have a whole movie, which is about how do we overcome differences that are so great, but our conflict is causing us to die. Like that's basically it. And it's just like, whoa, this feels so relevant in so many ways. I, I mean, like to, to that point, if you haven't seen um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like I, again, I, they, yeah, I'm about to start it. Yeah. yeah. Like without giving anything away, they are tackling some like heavy ass yeah. issues. Yeah, they, and you're like, but in a way that makes sense. They, they go there. I was like, oh, they went there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, if you guys get a chance and if you're vaxxed, please uh, go to the movies and watch it. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And my homework, honestly, it's going to be very self-serving. Um, pie. I really like pie. <laughs> and I fucking love pie, bro. And, better and, than cake. Better than... Like, I'm just like, like I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, like, if let, let me rephrase that to like, treat yourself in like a uh, uh, culinary fashion. The other day, uh, I was like, I just want some pie. Yeah. And I'm also trying to lose weight because it's about to be hot back summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know what? Life is life is hard. Enjoy yourself some pie, boy. Yeah. Can I ask you what pie you Cherry. I got some cherry pie okay. with some vanilla ice cream. Yo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Again, again. Like, did I need it? <laughs> I love when we just had like all. a little moment. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> And this was, like, honestly, that's what I was, um, I was expressing to someone. I was like, there are like small joys that we get now. And like, when I get in them, I'm like, yo. I want to just remind people: there are small joys out there. Go yeah. find them. Like, yeah. You're good. Enjoy. Like get that little piece of pie. Yeah. And be like, I'm happy for a good five I'm, minutes. <laughs> enjoy your pie. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's my homework. Pie. <laughs> get, get you some pie. Watch you some Raya. Listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. this sounds like a good night to me. It sounds great. <laughs> great weekend. Okay. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, Chris, for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. This was fantastic. Yeah, we have yeah. to have you, you back again. Plug anything while you're here? Uh, I have uh, a podcast of my own called Tim Talk with uh, two M's named after Bruce Tim, who co created the Batman animated series. You didn't uh, say. Yeah, and CJ's been on it before, and we did a crossover episode a while back. Um, but yeah, so we're covering all of the, the DC animated universe. Uh, we're on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but we're about ready to start our last series of Justice League Unlimited. Cool. Which is going to be really exciting. Did we discuss Spider Verse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we also do, like, you know, occasionally we'll do a bonus episode on whatever popular movie comes up. We just want to talk about that instead for a little while. But, uh, yeah, so Tim Talk Pod, you can find us everywhere. Awesome, awesome. And as always, guys, you can find us um, pretty much Brown Meets World Anything. We're on Spotify, iTunes. You can find us on social media. Um, feel free to email us at brummeetsworldpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, anything else? No, I was just going to say, I was wrapping up to say, remember to dream try and do good yeah Yeah. later bro later bro